0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to a Fantasy Movie Mashup. Uh, as uh, stated previously, we are going to start going over uh, Game of Thrones overview. got Life. So, um, we've, we've gotten a chance to watch the uh, first two episodes, and uh, spoiler alert. If you have not watched the episodes, do not listen to this podcast. <laughs> please again.
1: But in if, all honesty, if you haven't watched the episodes right now, you deserve this. What what are you please take inventory, like prioritize your life. Like be part of this pop culture phenomenon. Like I mean, we are at a Don't get me wrong. There's a lot there there's so many things in this world that, you know, could better uh Advance human uh, like humanity and mankind forward. So I understand that this is just pop culture uh, But if you think about it, we live in a time. It's like like an like an apex culminate culmin, uh, a cu- Culmination Wow stuttering this morning where you have the Avengers Endgame and the final season of God happening at the same time It's like the perfect storm of just perfection but I digress
0: yeah this is actually the, it's been a very good year of movies as well as uh, as television shows and the last season of Game of Thrones has uh, more and provided the, uh, the entertainment uh, and uh, in expected with the amount of time we had to wait for this last right. season and if you think about it God fits our podcast
1: model because for so long I've always wanted a TV show that would delve into the realm of fantasy, uh, because if you if if you've ever read like Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, these great epics, Moby Dick, it's a journey, and you're doing years and years of journey in the book. Like you almost feel like you've you've gone on it yourself with these with these characters. It's really hard to put condense a movie. Are condense all of that into a movie. So the fact that they were able to do this show in a in a uh, do this story in a TV show format allows you to really develop and digest these characters, and it also introduced the fantasy world to a uh, to a culture and a population that just thought that fantasy was for nerds like That's it true. really bridged the gap. Got bridged the gap between the 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 fantasy uh viewers and just the the regular average everyday uh HBO Soprano like uh, those two cultures meet every Sunday night. They meet together and say, "Hey, we actually have common
0: ground." <laughs> yeah. Um and you know the the season Overall, it's been just amazing. Uh, the character development that's going through right now, um, the acting uh, with Jon Snow finally finding out he's uh, Egon Tar- Tar- Targaryen. Um, we're gonna go ahead and dive into Episode One, where legitimately we're we're showing up to Winterfell, and yeah, we're we're back. everybody's we're back in coming earth. in. Yeah, everybody's coming in, getting ready for this epic battle is about to ensue and look who's not there. Cersei did not send her military. I mean, we we knew this. I mean, Cersei
1: overall, and and we'll cover this later on, uh, Cersei's character, whether you love her or hate her, she has been consistent. She sticks to her MO. She was taught by her father Tywin to think of only herself and to maintain power and in all honesty from her perspective the one miscalculation that she's making well, well actually here's the thing i'll, I'll pose a question to you might do you think that she's miscalculating uh john and sir uh, and 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 uh and danny or do you think that she's actually giving them credit like they're strong enough to defeat the white walkers and But then they will cripple themselves, so then that's when I step in to do the final blow. Or is she basically saying, the White Walkers aren't a thing. I'm not going to help you out.
0: So I I think she understands the White Walkers are a thing. I think the end of uh, the previous season really showed that she did show an understanding. I think what she's thinking is, why waste my troops when I can waste theirs? Uh, And she's right about uh, the Queen of the Dragons. The Queen of the Dragons is evil. Oh, they both are. They they Game
1: recognizes Game. Danny and Cersei are are they are the
0: same face to the coin. Like
1: they are the and, same.
0: And that's that's the thing. So yes, uh, they are. Cersei's correct. I think everybody's incorrect about John. Uh, John's not. He doesn't even want to be a king, which is grounds for. It's, it's grounds to be king,
1: right? Yeah. You, a noble leader is – is leadership is thrust upon him. And so this whole – I mean – and god, this is like a – this is a got special. When you hate a character or you, you, you don't like a character, they, they do an excellent job of kind of – of changing that, making you do an about face. Uh, I felt that way about Jamie. Jamie, I was just – wasn't a fan of him uh, at the very beginning. As you start to peel back the layers, I mean Jamie, I—he's uh, one of the redemption stories of of this final of this final season. And the reason why I bring him up is because of Sansa. Like I ended season, I ended the last season basically saying she's gonna mess up, she's gonna betray Jon, she's not worthy. But in these past two episodes, you're like. I don't know. Like a, an argument can be made. Uh, on, at the end of the day whether it's a Stark uh Tygerian uh, crossbreed or if it's a, Star, a Stark a Stark will be on the Iron
0: Throne or a semblance of the Iron Throne. I think it's going to end up either being Sansa or Jon. That's that's my thought. And I think um from watching this episode uh, episode 1 um, I think the Queen of the Dragons messes up because she is greedy, and you see it in episode one. Very like you start seeing semblances of it, um, but in episode two, you start seeing it very much so. When she know, when she went and spoke to Sansa politically, and I and I love Sansa's uh, retort back to uh, to Daenerys um because she goes well after this I I love your I love your brother we're going to go take over uh we're going to go take over the iron throne um but Sansa's saying what about the north right what what about us what about the well what you about allow the us to to will you allow us to be free
1: and 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 that's that's my thing with with Danny is she does not have compassion in winterfell uh Sam finds out that Danny did not show compassion towards his family and ended up killing him. Sansa was faced under a similar situation and that this is the magic of God right you have parallel um you have you have multiple story arches happening at the same time simultaneously and you have Counter examples of the same situation where somebody acts a different way. Now, don't get me wrong. Sansa does not have clean hands. And a theme about God is that a a purely clean character will inevitably die. Ned was too good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert was um, Robert uh, Sansa's brother was too good. These were pure characters. They could not live in this world. But Sansa was faced with a similar situation that Danny was in episode two. And she, it, which was a, a knight of the seven kingdoms, and she, actually, no, no, it was in it was in Winterfell. Yeah. Because Jamie, scratch that guy, in that same episode, Sansa allows, says, you know what? This person's vouching for you. You've done this, this, and this. I'm going to show compassion towards you, Jamie, and allow you to live and join
0: our forces. And that was, it was episode two. It was the beginning of episode two. Oh, it was two. And, okay. um,. That that's the the change in Sansa because I think Sansa understands that you sometimes you have to show compassion as a as a leader, and I think the Queen of the Dragons uh, over the last two seasons, you start seeing a massive change in like she's not listening to her advisors anymore, or she forgets she's so she so easily dismisses like Tyrion she, th- she right. thinks she's the smart one right. And everybody else is, and that's going to be the fall of the Queen of Dragons. And I also think she thinks the dragon part is actually what makes her uh, her safe. And to be honest, now again knowing that John can ride a dragon, um, if John ever sees that side of his aunt, right, um, that we expect uh, is going to come out either during the battle of the uh, White Walkers. Or during the battle uh, with Cersei, um, I think John is the one that kills the Queen of the Dragons. Well, that's
1: that's the thing is, you know, if you're if you're going by the bloodlines, if you're going by what kind of what's been stipulated by the show beforehand, John is the love child. Well, not even love child because they were married. Yeah. Uh, John is the product. Which is which is very political this happened all the time back in the day which is you merge houses together they were a perfect union between Tigerian and stark it was a loving marriage it was not it was not based off of hate or spite there was a union there he is by blood rule by blood um, rule he is the rightful heir because he is the son of of the eldest son to the mad king. Danny is a direct descendant of the mad king. She herself if 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 insanity or if, if mental uh, if mental instability has been equated to partial genetic corruption, she has it in her. Like every throughout the entire show, to me she has never been a truly just character. Has she? Has she been a pawn? She has. She's been a pawn, and she's risen amongst the ranks. Do not get me wrong, but so has Sansa. Sansa, if you look at her, Sansa went through the same stuff, if not worse, than Danny did. But she still has compassion. I think in the her difference.
0: Heart. I think the difference is is Sansa actually got to see Littlefinger. She was the rise and the fall of Littlefinger. Right, that was like and, the turning point. Yeah, and that's the turning point. And the end of last season, uh, coming back together and seeing that Sansa uh, noticed again what Littlefinger was doing, and had Arya, yeah, take him out, is was huge. And um, that that brings me back to my my next because we're we're really. Jumping into the Starks and Tigarians, the end of the first episode, we get a little sign of uh, a little symbol from the, the the White Walker King himself, and uh, it looks a lot like a Tigarian house symbol. It does, because you know part of the part of the fun
1: of God is trying to figure out all these other. Uh, other arching storylines and so one of the storylines if you've never watched God which what's wrong with you is the fact that we're trying to figure out who the who the who the Night King is who the, who the Ice King is we know already how the White Walkers came about the White Walkers came about as a protective measure against humanity by the fairies but we don't know who the Night King is some people say it's brawn or bran however you want to pronounce his name other people say it's a tygerian i lean towards that it is a tygerian based off of what you what you just brought up it's the first time that we see a calling card so what we're referring to is at the very end of episode one in winterfell we get uh we get reintroduced to everybody's favorite ginger wolfsbane uh and we find that one of the um, kings, he's a king, right? One of the northern one of the northern provinces that was sent earlier in the episode to uh, get their men to join uh, John and Danny's army was uh, ransacked and all the signs point towards the white walkers. But what's very interesting about this is that the, the kid, I mean, the, the lord of this area, because War has been ravaged, so a lot of the adults have been killed, is uh, killed, displayed up on the wall, adorned with uh, limbs that's in a spiral fashion similar to the Tigerian sigil of the dragon. And necks. then the
0: kid comes back to life, and then when they set it on fire, you can really tell it's the Tigerian symbol. Yeah, like
1: when it lights up, when it lights up, you're just like, hmm, is this – now – it could now, be could a be. call. It could be a calling card, like, "Hey, hey, Danny, I'm coming for you. I have your dragon. I'm coming for you." But then again, the Night King, yes, was was the dragon. And I'm sorry, I forgot his name. Was that dragon killed by the Night King? Yes, it was. But there's this folklore between you have to be a dragon rider, and Targaryens have that that dragon bloodline. Hence, why John can yeah. ride the the dragon, Danny can, and the Night
0: King can ride the dragon as well. So, again, I still lean towards it's a Targaryen. I think it's either a Targaryen or it's a, just like John. It's going to be a Stark Targaryen mix.
1: Yeah. So somehow something happened because, like, the other the the other popular theory is that it's Braun or or Bran, Bran, the the three eyed Raven. He is the one who somehow created it or is the Night King and now in this specific storyline of God we're trying to see the three-eyed raven trying to undo the mess that he made and
0: that that comes back to my uh, my fan theory my personal fan theory that uh, um, Bran is he's because of the way he's talking uh, uh, like again he's the the three-eyed raven but the way he's talking it sounds like he's been through this scenario more than once. And I f- kind of feel like it's a Doctor Strange type scenario where Bran is going through this scenario to f- fix what he broke. Right. Um, and he's going back and forth, back and forth, and back and forth through time over and over again trying to change one or two aspects of what uh, what's actually happening to see if, it, if the war is actually won. And I actually think... And again, my, my fan theory uh, is everybody dies in episode three. The big battle happens and everyone dies. The plan goes awry. And then you see Bran go back to basically when Jamie first pushed him off the building. And then it's like a fast forward of, oh, made this decision, change this decision, change this decision. And then it, it goes into it. Either that or... The Night King comes because uh, we already know the Night King wants Bran because there's some type of connection there. And when he gets to Bran, um, John kills him. So one of those two things is going to happen. We're either going to find out that Bran is a time traveler and he's been going through uh, this process over and over again. And he's finally found something that's changed. And he, that's why he's happy and he's happy to stick around. And – to put some context into this, I mean,
1: I mean, Mike, it's not that much of a stretch because one of the reasons why we find out that uh, that John is a Targaryen is be- because um, Bran is shown being able to see into the past. He sees yeah. Ned save uh, his, well, go to rescue his sister, and then we see with a baby, yada yada yada. Uh, also what makes what makes me think that, that that theory could be a strong one is the is hodor that's the little gem that kind of proves that that could happen because the reason why hodor is hodor is because hodor sees a glimpse of the future and is traumatized with hold the door so He sees the future. He basically sees his death.
0: Yeah.
1: He sees what he will have to do to – and it impacts his brain. And all he's able to say say is, Hodor, Hodor, which we know later on is hold the door. So again, God has already introduced time travel, has introduced how time sequences. And in episode two, they play – again, these first two episodes are great – God is so good at not giving you like violent action but being so mentally simulating that you 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 it's a rush because in episode 2 it's goes to further reinforce that when Bran is talking to Jamie because Jamie like a like a true badass goes when he's facing the council he goes I would never change what I did Everything that I did was to protect my family and I thought what I was doing at the time was correct So I will not change that Great. Jamie's also the one that pushed brand out the window Brand and Jamie interact and brand tells him the reason why you've gotten this growth is Because of the action that you took pushing me out the window my ability to develop as a the three-eyed raven is stimulated by the fact you they push. push me out. But so it's actions, and act, one previous action helps stimulate or ripple effects into the future. They're culminating this idea. It would be a very cool concept to basically state, <laughs> and, and just to put into context again, what we're saying is that the next episode, which is going to be the longest GOT episode, it's like 83 minutes, mm-hmm. it's basically a, a little mini movie, is is what we'll see is that maybe a couple of miscalculations causes the king of the north and uh, and uh, the mother of dragons to fall in winterfell and the the one of the last acts because if we jump into episode two now uh, and we we really have to do a better job of recording these episodes after watching one episode because yeah. we're like we're missing little details from from all of them
0: no but uh, see the thing is that i don't want to j- <laughs> no, skip this know. is uh bronze uh interaction with uh, or brand's interaction with um with jamie was very unique because jamie finally after that the, the council that the shade <laughs> yeah but after the council he goes why didn't you tell them about the pushing out the window and he goes to that statement but he he goes uh um he talks about yeah we'll we'll make it through this yeah. and what's going to happen then and and bron said and i i think he gave us a glimpse into what's going to happen to jamie is he goes who says we make it through this right right like he 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 made sure to uh, to say that is who who makes you believe that we're going to make it through this because it uh, and if i if we
1: tie in if we tie in what is happening this weekend Mixed with what's happening on Sunday, we have Avengers Endgame, which the largest theory is that we will be playing with time and undoing certain little instances. Dr. Strange said it. I saw a million different uh, options. This is the only way to do it. In episode two, Bran states that the Night King is after him. The Night King is trying to destroy the The Three-Eyed Raven is really the only thing that could stop the Night King. So
0: they're going to position Bran as kind of like a honeypot. They're going to put him in and, there. And again, the time-traveling sequence hits during the council uh, when they're getting prepared for war. And John goes um, – uh, they basically – there was somebody, it wasn't John who stated, hey um, – Will the dragon fire work against the uh, the night king? And he goes, I don't know. No one's tried.
1: No, yeah, no one's tried that yet.
0: Yeah, like no one's tried it. So, so that makes me believe that uh, again. Bronn has been there uh, before. He's he's been in this exact sequence. But the last time, I guess maybe they didn't convince the Queen of the Dragons to come. Right. And there were no dragons where the dragons were already dead or something happened with the eggs. Something must have happened previously that the decisions were different. And that makes me believe that this time is different in a way. And I think Bronn actually does die. I think the Night King kills him and Jon kills the Night King. But Bran can't – the thing is though – No, no. He dies but – and this is where he dies, but you find out that 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 sequence is the same. The three eyed raven, the night king, and uh, and brand are the same person. That could end up being one of the uh, the things that happened. Yeah, because they they talk about they talk about this whole notion that that um, the, the
1: well, so Bran has been marked. So the night king knows wherever brand is. Now the night king could also know. That where Brand is because the Night King is Brand. That's one of the theories is that he somehow he became the Night King. And so now he's trying to undo. Uh, he's trying to undo that that plot line. Yeah. Um, and another thing that kind of sh- strengthens this is the fact that what Brand says in episode two, which is which is the fact that. And right now we're just talking about the main, main arching story is the fact that it's he is the embodiment of history. If you forget history, you 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 live in eternal night. So there's a lot of these references like winter is coming is a metaphor for war. The Night King is here. It's like darkness. The embodiment of evil will will spill over Winterfell. So, this whole which is um a little a side thing on why it could be like a tigerian or or a stark, so like starks are not seafaring like mm-hmm. the the they're people of the north, and so there's this thing where white walkers cannot go into water yeah. right, so that would mean that the white walkers are trapped in Westeros, like they can never leave westeros unless they get a dragon and move forward but this whole notion that everybody has to protect bran if bran lives then the night king does
0: not win what if what if this is funny what if uh uh, peter dinklage is the one that kills the night king (laughs) <laughs> so, so Tyrion
1: Tyrion uh, kills the Night King I, d- I doubt it in just it. in the essence of he is going to I think he, so I, I don't I, I he's going to be in the crypt with Sam uh, that was so if we're going into episode 2 this is the, the, the calm before the storm everybody's prepping for battle there's a lot of different things uh, little things that happen in this story uh, Tyrion's uh, Basically, Danny has a a moment where I don't think she questions her uh questions his ability. I I just don't think she really trusts anybody at all. Like anymore, like yeah, she, she, she she's basically
0: them. she's one of those people like you fail once you're you're dead then, to me. And then she started trusting John, and then she found out about the Egon, and then I don't know if she trusted John. I, I think she did. I think she did. She started. I think you saw it when they were with the dragons. I think she started throwing showing some type of trust, not like she wasn't like fully in, but but I think she showed trust in the sense of I know where he morally stands. But John does it The thing is, if I was so if I'm
1: if I'm Danny, if I'm Danny and I find out first off, the biggest thing that would be that would disturb me is the fact that I just slept with my nephew oh, yeah, it's kind of <laughs> uh that's that, that would take huh? uh, uh, she was in love now don't get me wrong they interacted uh they it was both consensual and they were interact they were interacting without having this knowledge so okay we can dismiss that but she she's truly to me it just goes to show this is another example of she's not a very good judge of character because if she had sized up John she would have known that even if he is the 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 rightful heir to the throne he doesn't want it mm-hmm. he does not want to be king he's never wanted to though his entire like if you go back to episode one he wanted to be a member of the night's watch he wanted he was going to protect he was going to serve he was going to live a life of isolation just like his uncle benji like it uh it or Benjen. i can't remember how you pronounce it but he was he was just going to live that life like he's such a selfless character um but he you know He has made some compromises, which is one of the, you know, if if we're saying that only, like, if pure characters are the ones that die, he still falls in line with that. Because in, what was it, season six? In season six, guess what? His purity was taken away from him when he was killed and then re-brought back to life. So it's, it, it, it does not contradict itself. To me, it is not a plot hole because it actually strengthens that argument that only somebody who has learned how to play the game but still maintains compassion. And again, this is why I go back to if there is a semblance of an iron throne at the end, The Iron Throne could be decimated. It could be completely destroyed and it's something different. But if we're saying that like, it could be that everybody just rules themselves or the Iron Throne is melted down by some cool like dragon scene or it's just completely replaced kind of like in Star Wars where they did a New Republic uh, and then either uh, Sansa and Jon are the ones at the helm. They fit in line with that. They're both characters that have gone through trials and tribulations they have maintained their ability for compassion but have also been marred by humanity and the realism that nobody is perfect and pure.
0: So we're going to be, uh, again, doing uh, episodes after every uh, – after the next few episodes and uh, the the one sequence of, uh, of this podcast that I'm going to add um, for all of these is the question on – who ends up on the Iron Throne, or what happens on the Iron thro- uh, Throne after each episode? Because each episode will change, change your your overall thought of what's going to happen. So I have uh, my overall uh, thought on it. I do think that uh, uh, John does win. I just I do think he wins, but I do not think he takes the Iron Throne. I actually uh, very similar to what Xavier just said. I think he makes a democracy. And. So that he does not have to be the leader. I think he wants to make everybody the leader. And then that's what ends up happening to the world of Game of Thrones is... It turns into a democracy,
1: right? So it's the free folk because he's he's entered like the wildlings. Like he he ushered in, he brought them over the wall. There's nothing. There was nothing wrong with the wildlings. They were just casted on the other side of the wall, and so they weren't allowed in. And this is where my argument goes a little bit stronger towards John. Now, in full disclosure, I never believed that John was going to be the ruler of the Iron Throne. And we're going to use that just to say like he would be the overarching leader. I always thought that he would be the hand of the king or the king's protector. I thought he was going to be a, a Jamie. I thought, I thought that's what his role was always going to be mm-hmm. because he wanted to join the Night's Watch. He's suited for war. He's not suited or he doesn't want to do a leadership role in that aspect. And he's systematically, oh, like... Wanted it not because he he doesn't believe he's a good leader he just believes that there are other there there are other men better suited for the job which is is a humble thing. Sansa still has an allegiance to the North, she believes that the North, you know, and that's where I say that John kind of edges her a little bit because John, to your point, with the whole democracy. He believes everyone should be free. He Everyone should live the lives that they should live. And we should work together to preserve. His whole thing is we need to rally together to destroy this common evil. Sansa still holds on to the north. She's protecting the north. She's not protecting Westeros. She's protecting the north. Jon is protecting Westeros. He's protecting all the people that live in Westeros. That edges it there. But I, I agree. We need to talk about who will end up on the throne, just because at the very beginning I was anti-Sansa. Now I'm kinda like, ooh, like how she's been interacting, she's learned the game, but she's still she's still compassionate. I think she could be she's developing into the having the ability to be a good leader. Um now another thing that I would like to introduce is who do you think is going to die in the next episode? Uh, And what do you believe – I think for this episode, since we've covered two episodes, we should say who do we believe is going to die in the season and then who do we think is going to die? Because I think we covered that you think that everybody will die next episode and then we get to redo it again. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I I, I do think that's a possibility but I I think over the next two episodes, I know that – uh, because her storyline was finished after Jamie knighted her, I, I feel like uh um, Sabrianne. Sabran <laughs> is um she's gonna she's gonna die. I think uh because she was told that women could not be knights by Jamie and then Jamie was the one that knighted her, I feel like her full story is done. And I think uh she ends up passing away during the war. What better way for a warrior to die in battle? I feel like Wolf Spain dies. I think Wolfsbane dies for trying to protect, protect her because he's so clouded by his love for her um, or infatuation, I should say. I, I also – I feel like the majority of uh, Daenerys' army dies and including um, – um, Oh, oh, here's the thing. George R. R. Martin loves the bittersweet. He loves a bittersweet
1: victory. This is why we've been kind of talking about how at the end of this show, it's not going to be a fully hurrah hurrah story. <laughs> I agree with – if you're talking about uh, – what's it called? Worm, Wormtail yeah. and what's her name because uh, I, I always forget her name. I think one of them dies. I don't think both of them die. I think one dies. I think he
0: dies. I think he dies. I, I do too. I, or, or, or she dies protecting Daenerys.
1: Yeah. Like, and
0: then he they, would they, then be really upset.
1: Right, because he's, he's talking about – he's the unsully yeah. and he's talking about leaving the unsully and joining her and protecting her.
0: And protecting their her whole right. village. So I, I think that's where where it comes down. But we, we've come to the end of our episode. Uh, catch us on our next episode. Uh, the next episode will be Monday or Tuesday. Um, probably we'll uh, do Game of Thrones. And then on uh, Thursday, we'll talk about Endgame. Yeah. And uh, just to end it, I want to end this episode... Just like
1: the bone chilling ending of last episode, which is the three members, the last three remaining members of the night watch saying, and now our watch begins. And now our watch begins, guys.